Hey, this is from Newsbeat. Uh, the, it's kind of the uh, radio um, portion of BBC. But the report that they're uh, putting out concerning the Indiana case of the uh, demons and the kids in the house, the chief of police, and the captain, and um, many other psychologists, all saying that they confirm. Listen to this quote Police captain confirms children possessed by demons. Now, a lot of folks have been talking about this all across the board. Even mainstream news media has now brought this up. And so much so that um, more has been put out. Uh, the priest, the uh, owner of the house that was rented where all the supernatural things occurred, he's on video now. We posted that on Facebook. Quote now, a police captain says he believes a story about a woman who claimed her children were, were possessed by demons. Now, the story goes on to say this, quote, official reports filed in 2012 back up her claims with psychologists stating that they saw the nine-year-old child speak in different deep voices and walk up the wall backwards. We're going to talk about classification of demonic manifestation. And why it's going to be off the charts um, the rest of 2014, not only the stories that will be told like this all over, but the experiences, and it won't matter whether you're a psychologist, a politician, a police captain, or a soldier at Abu Ghraib who knew that there were dark spirits or dark presence in that facility following you around. Amazing stuff. This is Russ Dizdow, the Ragged Edge Radio Podcast. It is Thursday night, the 30th, is it not? Of January. It's so cold out, it seems like um, we're lost in the middle of this winter. But uh, we're reading about the deaths, we're reading about the kids and the families in their cars across the nation that had to stay there 10, 12 hours uh, because of the snow and they were just unable to go anywhere. And then the um, troops were brought in, National Guard, others, to get them on out. Well, what about the coming Super Bowl? And the um, everybody's talking about what's going to be there on stage, cloaked or uncloaked Illuminati ritual. Well, coming from some of the practitioners, you're not going to remember this, whether a uh, movie star, a, music, a musician, the lyricist, uh, the person playing, it all matters what the spirit is behind them, what they're into. If they're into, as one song from one of the groups, I think it's called um, something like um, Sugar uh, and Blood uh, Magic, Sex Magic, is that it? That's the song. Well, we're going to look at the lyrics and talk about that next week. Tonight, we have a special program that's going to deal with classification of the demonic manifestation. We have 16 points of this tonight, so we want to get into it as soon as possible. But I do want to bring up um, a few other things that we just, uh, just now begin to hear about. Some kind of explosion that has occurred in Hawaii. Looks like a high school star advisor saying the campus is on lockdown. No injuries as of yet, but an explosion in high school in Hawaii. Now listen to this in context of tonight. Here's the title of the article. Demons target the eyes, mind, and body. This is put out by um, the Christian Post. 
I mean, this is a massive uh, news blog, news media, uh, thechristianpost.com, and uh, so a signed article by Dan Gazelle, uh, now is a liberal divinity. Quote, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the devil cannot make you do anything. He can, however, tempt you, and he can also oppress you once you give into his suggestions. That man's correct. Quoting again. So just how does the whole temptation thing play out, especially as it relates to the role of the devil? And so the um, article writer goes on to talk about this. I'll post this on our SIIU website. Well, not the website, the uh, Facebook page. Take a read. He goes on to say this. To begin with, let's remember that the devil was originally one of God's good angels. He, uh, he was a cherub, an anointed covering cherub. According to him, then he went rogue. Well, and violently rogue. When you read in Ezekiel 28, where it says that he has, um, that until wickedness was found, you're talking about a known, violent, real, radical uh, insurgency. Regime change to the level of regime change. Well, the quote goes on, and a third of the angels went with this with this rebel. But don't forget the devil is only one angel. Actually, he's a fallen, powerful, powerful. The writer writes, quoting, of course, but he can only be in one place at one time. He's not omnipresent like that. So he goes on to talk about, um, and again. Um, a general sense of the issue of believers in Christ um, engaging uh, the demonic or the spiritual warfare aspects. And that's good. That's a good um, thing to put out there. Very glad for that to happen. And uh, we're, we're, um, we're looking at uh, news stories all across the board concerning the issue of the demonic. Now, let's go back 2,000 some would say 2,400, 500 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel. I've been telling you to read because this is a book, the more you read it, the more you go back and look at it again, brings intense revelation of the entire culture saturated with wizards and warlocks and priestesses and every kind of um, engagement of the dark side. So much so. That, uh, this is like, this, this is this is chapter 13 in the beginning anyway, of Ezekiel. Now the neat thing was I got uh, a friend to write to me today um, asking about this very chapter. And I'm going to talk about this in a few moments here. But also sent me a picture of a house. They've been listening to um, the training that we have called Dark Rituals, Dark Powers. Now in that training, we've got about 14 hours. We're going to add more to it down the road. It's all about how to find dark riches, dark powers in your city. I'll say in the United States, I'll say it when I was in Europe, I'll say it uh, across the board. Uh, you've got um, rituals going on everywhere. Uh, underground is far broader than anyone even conceives. And the pastors and theologians and Bible scholars are telling you 30 years of engaging that, just like Ezekiel 20, uh, uh, chapter 8. Uh, we've been to the underground and probably only halfway in. We've not seen everything yet, and we're sure bent on going where God does want us to go to bring out the uncontested evidences that um, throw out there. And yes, some are going to say, we don't want to hear that. I understand that. 
Christ there, and it's a threat. Listen to um, Ezekiel chapter 13. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, who are now prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets, Israel, are like jackals among the ruins. How's that for clear language? Verse 5. You have not gone up to the breaches in the wall to repair it for the people of Israel, so that it will stand firm in the battle on the day of the Lord. Now again, look at this massive neglect. Not only they walk so far away from God, but they have to play prophets. They have to play like they're still in the game. And there's nothing of God on them or coming through. And God immediately deals with their, their falsehood, and then he deals with their neglect of duty. They've been neglecting. They haven't gone up to the breaches to repair it for the battle issues. Um, look at verse 6. Their visions are false and their divinations a lie. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say, the Lord declares, and accept him, and expect him to fulfill their words. That's amazing to me. People who lay claim to God have nothing to do with God, don't walk with God, don't even uh, agree with the word of God written, and yet they can declare uh, all kinds of things in the name of the Lord. And this is what God says concerning the false. Um, and it's amazing how clear this is, uh, that uh, what they say is a lie, it's not coming from God, even though they say the Lord declares, and they, these false prophets are expecting God to fulfill their words, but you won't. Verse 7. Have you not seen false visions and uttered blind divinations when you say the Lord declares, though I have not spoken? I wonder whether in 2014 we're going to have a great clarity of the Spirit of Truth and the Spirit of God. You see, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the person of God, there is um, no separation. Um, they're, they're what God says He is, what He is, He does, what He does uh, is confirmed in the Word. The Word is confirmed by who He is and what He says. The Spirit and the Word are one. In the Spirit of God, nothing supernatural is going to lead you to speak falsely. That will come from lying spirits, counterfeit. And if we don't get it into our heads that there is a massive counterfeit right now, beyond anything the church has seen in 2,000 years, then uh, once again, um, the leadership of the body uh, weakened and, uh, and uh, completely unequipped uh, will only be able to give what they have to the body. That's why so many tens of thousands of uh, people within the, the, the visible physical structure of the body of Christ are going other places to learn. They want to know what's happening. They want to know what God has given them, the authority, the armor of God, the need for awareness and alert, and um, how, how to really do um, the work of God. Now, I love Ezekiel chapter 13, because as I was uh, looking at this, um, I'm looking now real quick just back to the article, and not just the article, but the um, note that I got in the email. The note that I got in the email was uh, just uh, really incredible that um, this dear individual, part of the training and everything else that we're doing, 
has set out to, um, to look into his own area, and he sends me a picture. Now, I have posted the picture on the Facebook page, and a picture where the Santa Muerte is on the porch, the saint of death. All over Mexico and South America, the Panhandle, you're going to see this um, distinctly related to the drug lords and um, others in, in the world of suspicion. So, uh, where rituals are done and prayers are offered and ceremonies are done, and even blood is shed in order for Santa Muerte to give powers, to give. I mean, they really know that this thing is uh, the entity is real. So, you see this everywhere. Even though it's a cloaked, skeletal, scary looking figure, you've got hundreds that will meet in areas uh, throughout uh, Mexico and other places. And this is now coming into Texas and Arizona, into um, Los Angeles. You're going to find this now everywhere as my friend here, who is um, one who's connected to Shadow in the Darkness in the courses. And so he's praying to find out where the covens were, praying to find out where rituals are done. And he finds the house where this entity, this um, representation of the entity, uh, is on the front porch of a house. That's, um, again, I don't want to say just in your face, but, um, I mean, you're going to find, um, as we talk about 16 areas of, uh, a classification of manifestation. I'm going to mention a few right now. When I talk about oppression, attack, attachment, possession, how about piggybacking? Let me talk about those five quickly. Uh, because those are things we can see in scripture, and those are the things you can see all over the place. Um, and this is part of what we've got to become discerning about. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as I go to the 16 points here tonight, that uh, if you haven't already, you probably have, and some don't even know, some of you living in houses, some of you going to work, some of you in the city, some of you in the countryside, uh, some of you in the classroom, some of you, um, you know, you, you now um, have stories, and tens of thousands of you have had sleep paralysis and visitations and now the tens of thousands coming to Christ across the nations all over, um, so many of them, uh, probably two-thirds or more, are coming as ex-witches or ex-pagan or ex-newagers or ex-psychics or once involved or demonized. Can I tell you how many people? I really can't. We never sat back and counted year after year after year, but hundreds of cases. In doing the deliverance and casting out a demon, the individual, Almost always, in almost every single case, of course, we would lead them to Christ and they wanted, they wanted the power of God. It was a real exchange, a massive exchange of um, a presence in their life. And then all of a sudden, this um, engagement by God. It's a real power in God. Satan and demons have power. And then comes the dunamis, the power of God, the authority of Christ. And in salvation, you can't get saved without getting de uh, delivered from real possession. Let me, let me mention the five again, just to tell you about. I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to probably mention six or seven. So, pen or paper, we're going to put this out on uh, next um, Wednesday night's uh, spiritual warfare class. The second part's going to begin. The Occult Crimes class is going to begin uh, the second part next Tuesday. The uh, first couple of weeks, we're going to have some basic materials and some interaction with 
Our people will come out, and then we'll have the workbooks up, and then we'll start the workbooks. But here's part of what we're going to do. Uh, we'll do it more definitively uh, with, the, with the, a breakdown. But tonight, let me give you this. All over the place, you're going to find more and more. And the reason I'm saying this, uh, we've been on the field. I mean, this is going to happen in the military. There's more officers and more um, police uh, prison guards, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, and... Um, and those who are working in the psych wards seem to know even more because they're there far many more hours than even the psychologists and the psychiatrists that come in to meet They're there for hours engaged with individuals. I'm going to mention what's, what, I mean, you know, what we know of. And, and, and all I'm going to say is this. What we're talking about here is um, I just want to give you the warning. I just want you to know that there's going to be massive... Um, of broadening uh, 2014 and beyond this uh, because of the trends, because of what's already in place, because of biblical prophecy, God saying that they're going to begin to ramp it up even more. It's, it's going to be so much in your face that uh, either you need to run and hide and, and live in denial, which will only weaken you. You'll be like the false prophets that um, wouldn't repair the breach. You wouldn't deal with what's lacking in your spiritual life or in the body of Christ or his leadership. You see what's lacking. If you've got believers that can't win souls, if you've got believers that can't pray for an hour, if you've got believers that don't even begin to know how to do deliverance and living fear, then you have an uneducated, non-disciple, non-equipped um, congregation. You really do. And uh, the devil's going to eat that for lunch. And it will be meaningless in the battle right now. It really will be. So all of us who are leaders are going to be judged more severely. I mean, it's, it's the judgments of Christ scrutinize uh, for what we do. So the best thing for leadership to do is become as uh, educated as possible, as empowered in Christ by the power of the Spirit of God, the authority of God, the armor of God, and knowing it, and then just say, God, lead me out of my city. In your city, pastors and leaders and theologians, um, all kinds of demonized people. So many that nobody, I mean, they can't even, they don't even know where to go to get help. I mean, they're going to the social services, they're getting drugs. And all the drugs do is to kind of deep, you know, and, and kind of uh, disable the demons from using the body effectively, but they're still there. I mean, it's in the five or six things, okay? Number one, oppression. Number one, oppression. When Jesus said to Simon the rest, you know, hey, um, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked a sickness week. Well, there, there was coming a, an attack, and, and they didn't know. They didn't have any clue. They didn't know Satan came in. They didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. Jesus did. And he'll always give you the heads up if you want that. If you want to be alert, and you want to have that Gregorio, that alertness, Colossians 4.2. Check it out deeply. Colossians 4.2. Check it out. Um... Oppression, um, you know, many, many believers even, many people go around, they are depressed. And I'm going to tell you this, I think a lot of depression is actually spiritual oppression. Demonic pressure, demonic arrows, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, the involuntary communication, the involuntary lies and onslaught that comes when real dark entities target you and sin feeling or thought that is contrary to the word of God, the will of God, the character of God, and all of a sudden you begin to feel it, or you begin to think it, you begin to take it over, as if it was your own thought, but it's not, you need to ask yourself, where is this coming from? 
because oppression can um, dismantle, can weaken, can kick a believer off to the curb uh, because the believer's out there and they don't understand spiritual warfare, so it's just depression. Everything's, um, everything's um, um, diagnosed as if it's all physical. Did you read the word of God? Ephesians chapter 6. That your struggle, that your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Look what it says, against these powers, territorial, in the sky, on the ground. This is huge what the Spirit of God is giving the believer the heads up of what's really going on. Don't care about the skeptics. Don't care about the demythologizers. Don't care about, you know, what those who have no experience in this field whatsoever. Uh, they, they, they simply don't have anything to say. You're going to have to know the Word of God consistently. And the experience that is getting out doing the works of God. Uh, because being a real believer, you're going to have engagement with them. You're going to really have the devil coming after you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. You're going to really have battle. Spiritual battle. And that spiritual battle usually is unseen by the physical eyes, but eventually can be felt in your, in, in your thoughts and in your feelings that pressure you and try to rob your joy, rob your empowerment in Christ, and weaken you in every single way, so that oppression itself can knock the believers down for the count. In the cage, in the arena, the ref counts one, two, three. Um, wondering whether or not um, the knocked-down opponent is going to get up at all. More than just depression, you might feel it as depression, but where is it coming from? See, most depression is 90% of it is cognitive by life's thoughts and conditions and circumstances, and that includes what's the devil doing to the believer. Now, I'm going to say this truly about uh, those who are not believers in Christ. Family members and others, and grandmothers, witches, and warlocks, and occult, masons, and whatever else. And you have familiar spirits coming down the, the pipe. And you've got demonic um, assignment and agenda. In the world that we're living in, there's um, all kinds of things you can get, you've opened doors to. Whether drugs and psychic readings and all the rest. You think you got away from the drugs and psychic reading, whatever else, but the spirits haven't gone away. They still see holes, and they want to bring it to you. And if they can bring you some kind of trouble, oppression, that leads to physical depression, and um, they might want to steer you to some kind of occult solution that will only make it worse. Darkness leads to darkness. The light of God, the Spirit of God, leads to Christ and freedom and deliverance and joy and the power of God. So there is oppression. There is, secondly, then, attack. Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the full armor of God that we can stand. That we can stand in the day of evil. Did you read that? The day of evil. That's like, again, like the best example for me is Job. He had an attack that was ongoing. You know, it's like when the devil plots something and hits you once, and that doesn't knock you down, hits you another time, that doesn't knock you down, hits you a third time. Don't you know this? They strategize. Don't you know that they plot? Don't you know that they can gang up on believers, on churches? 
that they can have an assignment to say, well, this is, I mean, they, they understand how to structure. They understand how to do and scheme and, um, you know, not just one little hit, two little hits. They're in for the kill. You understand the nature of the dark side? They are in for the kill. Either you stand in the arm of God, resist the devil that he might flee, or you'll continue to be beat and hit and punched as far as life circumstances and everything else going on. It was all about trying to get Job to, to curse God. It was all about getting you know, Job disconnected. That's the enemy strategy. Strike you, strike you, strike you, strike you, strike you. Harm you physically, harm you in every way. And um, the communication behind the devil's strikes give God up. And the one that do- has, has done that, you've only listened to the enemy. He's only lied to you. And you still lie in darkness. And right now you get out, Jesus didn't leave you, you left him. You call upon him, you look to him, and you understand who the real enemy is in your walk. If the day of attack will come, and it's not just one day, but it becomes maybe um, 21 days. And if all you do is stand around and get beat up, thrown around, everything else, in 21 days, you got band-aids and bloody nose and cripple, and you've got crutches, and uh, you don't know what happened, and you're confused, and sitting there trying to take a chill pill. And that is a that's a caricature of um, what a real, powerful, growing, developing believer should could be. Amen? How about the third thing? I talk about attachment a lot because we're seeing more of this and believers don't understand because they haven't been taught. They haven't been born. They've been given half the bowl of discipleship and a, and, and a, scratch, of, uh, and a scratch of enablement or equipment. And that's the word attachment. Ephesians chapter 4. When the Spirit of God tells the believer, God says to the believer, you know, be angry, don't sin, don't descend in your anger, and give the devil a foothold. God is saying, don't give the devil a turpon. A legal right to grab a hold of a sinful, unrepentant, fleshly area of your life. If you stick yourself out there into the flesh as a believer, the sin issues, if you stay out there long enough, strong enough, you can be sure the dark side will take opportunity. It's kind of like you're on the outside of the gorilla cage. The gorilla is, um, is, uh, bars in. You're on the outside, free, free to go, free to go, free to do stuff, free to get your cotton candy, free to look at everything, free to eat, free to leave, free to be Christ. But if you go out, even when the sign says, don't, put your arm in the cage. See, a lot of believers, they've done that. You put your arm in the cage, the gorilla may not grab you right away, may not be close enough. You play that game along, you know, they'll see the television clips where somebody did that or they got too close and they wanted to take a picture or a younger person put their hand in as a gorilla grab them trying to pull them through to tear them apart an attachment is when you have opened the door when you give the devil a right um, whatever it may be, occult things and dark things and the sin, usually sins, unrepentant sinners will eventually get the devil a right to harass an area, make that a stronghold, hold on to it. 
you've got an area that is so strong that you've seen that you can't give up, it may be that it's not just your sin pattern which becomes an addiction, Romans chapter 6, but the enemy sits on it, in a sense, or grabs hold of it to deepen it to hold you there, thus keeping you, clenching the spirit of God, and defeating it down to the count. How do you get out of it? Well, recognizing repentance. Many times repentance can break it, but I will also acknowledge, in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce any doorway I've given to the enemy. I renounce any demon, anything of the enemy that has grabbed a, grabbed a hold of this. Uh, I renounce that, but I repent, Lord, for giving the devil the legal right, the doorway, to grab a hold of the enemy of my life. Never said it. That's the third thing, possession, the Greek word, the ominousoid. Like Mark chapter 5 is the clearest example. Acts chapter 19 is another clear example. The demonic presence is so deeply inside that it takes over the speech, the eyes, everything, the body. They can use the body to attack another person. Uh, they're super strong, uh, make the body super strong and all that. So you read uh, Mark 5, you read Acts 19, possession. And no, a, a real believer born in the Spirit of God cannot be possessed like a non believer not at all. You have attachment that looks similar, that has a, a grab, and it's not the same. Possession, the obvious way, Mark 5 is total consumption of the individual. They have nothing, but they're completely out of control. And the only way of deliverance, I mean, that's seeable, that's knowable. The Mark 5 guy was, uh, Seeable, knowable, and he was bizarre, and he, he seemed to be crazy, and most times today, he would be just taken to the sideboard, injected with Thorazine, or whatever, given whatever drugs, uh, put into a room, uh, tied down, whatever. Because if um, the diagnosis is completely physical, then it's, again, like a false, it, 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 it's just false. It's, it's not going to see what's really there. Well, I talk about another area called piggybacking. If you remember the time Jesus um, was being converted, or, or Peter tried to convert him, and Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan, right? Because sometimes Satan can be behind those who are in the flesh. Satan can be behind those who are weak in the flesh, or those who are accomplished or whatever else, and the, the demonic can be behind them, and then piggyback. They want to attack you, but they can't get you. So they, they may use somebody that they have an avenue for, a family somebody that goes to the church, somebody that gives a right, a legal to upon, a right to the devil, to demons. Um, there's times that they may say things to you that just curses you, that comes sharp, it's what the enemy has put into them, and they speak of the enemy that, you know, influence them with. They speak horribly what the demon influences them. And yes, it's wrong. Sometimes when people are piggyback, they say things sharply and very bad, and their demeanor is very angry and bad. And then later on, when they're not angry, and you tell them, you know, hey, remember what you said? They don't remember. Piggybacking can occur when you walk into a cold bookstore, when you walk into a house that had rituals now. Piggybacking can, can be where 
you're in a classroom where there's uh, people that are practicing demonic stuff or have demons in them, and the demons in them can see you as a believer in Christ, and they just want to get to you somehow, so they might use the person that's already been drunk in you. There's stories of Satanists and Wiccans and others of a Carlinian group, the Black Sun Camp, because there were believers in Christ living in the apartment above the Black Sun Camp Temple. They decided to do rituals against them, summon demons and send them up. That's more than just a piggyback, but it has that idea that demons are using those that they can to attack those that they can't. And again, what I do is I rebuke the demonic, even silently inside, I rebuke the demonic. Um, that maybe come to you. If I sense that through another person, even when they don't know, they're just in their anger or frustration or confusion, and they're just ripping out stuff uncontrollably, I just rebuke the demonic, and the Spirit of God to convict them. Now there's piggybacking and, and there's territorial, I'm going to touch one more area, territorial. Territorial can be simply this, that, again, this is why we want to check out the Indiana House. I've got pictures, we Google map it, we got all kinds of stuff, people have done a number of things for us uh, to take a look at the house where it is said the kids spoke in dark voices, that they levitated off the ground, they walked backwards up a wall, um, they flipped over and so forth, and all these kind of things. Now, Gary Police... Captain Charles Austin, 35 years of experience, says he's convinced. According to the Indianapolis Star, he described himself as a quote-unquote believer that is in the dark side stuff, that it really happens after visiting the house and interviewing Miss Ammons and her family, the ones who were being The growling noises. They possess or demonize people down Yes, they do. Did they speak in dark voice? Didn't the demon possessing the man in Mark 5? Did he answer Jesus? Did he speak? Can I tell you that I have heard demons speaking through the possessed, the demonized, at me? Over and over and over again. In deliverances. Now that's overt and clear and face to face. Whereas the unseen spiritual warfare, oppression, attack, piggybacking, people doing rituals and saving demons, people doing astral projection empowered by the demonic to come after you. Those are new levels that we will give definitive insight on in the, listen, absolutely free training course beginning next Wednesday night. Wednesday night late, the two hour course will continue to the first. Take a look at it, shatterthedarkness.net. And uh, just scroll down a little bit, you'll see the occult crimes class and the spiritual warfare class, and click on it, take your time and go through it, and you'll find out what's already up there for you. Listen, we got, we have already probably 80 hours of spiritual warfare MP3s. You can go through and just go through and go through and go through. Absolutely free. Just go ahead and take them, make CDs, hand them out. We have people that make them and hand them out. That's a great thing, I appreciate that. Well, the medical staff where the house was in Indiana says they observed the children and heard a seven-year-old making growling noises and his eyes rolled back into the back of his head. Somebody said, well, it's a seizure. 
Now there can be physical issues of seizures and tumors and so forth. Um, but the demonic can do this very clearly, especially when they get close to manifesting fully to a person. Many times, tell me the ground. Many times, eyes rolling back and ancient the demons went through. Well, territorial issues are where, where day plays and rituals and things have been done to bring the demons through, and then those people leave. Sometimes the demons go with them, sometimes, depending on what was done, the demons stay in a wooded area, in a barn, in a basement, wherever it's been done. And nowadays it can be all over the place. It's going to become um, supernaturally dark uh, as a normal issue. I mean, as a normal issue. We'll go through the 16 things here in just a moment. And that's another story that um, you and I got to deal with in a territory. You can walk in, you didn't do anything wrong, but you walk into a place, you know, we walk into really heavy blood sacrificial ritual sites, uh, wooded areas, homes, barns, buildings, um, temples. This is true for missionaries everywhere. This is true for missionaries in Mexico and South America and South Africa and all that's going on down there. Shamans and the Aboga, the drug taking, the addictive spirits. It's unbelievable how demonically, how spirits are so involved in, in tribes and lives and families and, and handed down with familiar spirits and so forth. Everywhere. So, for those who have sat back and said, oh wow, well, you know, um, you know, usually the only ones that say, Russ, that's too much, um, or you're focused on this too much, usually come from those with zero connection. Now, is the centrality Christ and joy the Lord? Absolutely. But it's like the story of the Transfiguration. When the disciples were there, Peter was there, and they saw the transfiguration, and Moses and Elijah appeared and talked with Jesus concerning, concerning his departure. But can you imagine being up there? The presence was there. They were there. It's, it's a massive, amazing, incredible. Peter and the rest of the disciples saw this, and Peter was so filled with joy that he wanted to build, like, tabernacles right there. He wanted to build and stay right there. But you know what they had to do? They had to go back down to the valley. See, when believers are so filled with the Lord, enjoy the Lord, they want to stay home and just have the joy of the Lord, they want to just complete it. You know, I just want to praise God all day long. So that's, listen, I praise God all day long. I praise joy of the Lord. I talk, we're talking just all day long. I mean, there's set times of prayer, set times of study, interaction constantly. I mean, I, of course, I've been given the privilege of being out here full time. But um, Jesus himself, look at the disciples, eating, having joy, Jesus was there in that supper, they're all talking, they're all fellowship. Wouldn't you feel safe in the room, eating with Jesus, God in the flesh, yet Satan walks in the room? Desiring to sit to bring destruction. 
to the scripture is very clear about this. That's why Jesus has won the victory at the cross and given us uh, the victory in him. All the promises, all of his presence, his personal backing, putting on the armor of God, having the authority, prayer, knowing how to resist the devil that he might flee. I mean, we have all that we need. The problem is, many believers don't know. And believers don't put into practice. I mean, there's believers right now listening that they, you, you're not ready to be on the battlefield. Because if I ask you, do you understand the authority? Do you understand the armor of God? Do you have a prayer life? Do you walk? Do you, are you clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit? Book of Acts. By the way, look for this weekend. Another training course is going to be posted weekly. We'll be alive. It'll be posted every week, chapter by chapter in the book of Acts. And it's going to be an emphasis on field management in the days. With the concept that we hear constantly 10 million years. Like Philip Acts 8. Now that'll go on, and, and I think it's going to be to where we're going to have it posted every Sunday, possibly. And it's something to have. Um, the training, there'll be a, a free downloadable PDF page that you can use as study notes. We just want to give you what we can give you. And we're thankful that, you know, you're downloading and listening in 137 countries of the world. And millions of downloads of this. And so we're grateful. We want to hear from you. If you've come to Christ, let us know. And uh, keep us in your prayers. And please understand, as I look at all of the places where the downloads and all the places where we're able to go and speak through this um, broadcast by satellite, by internet, by, by the CD channel. I'm always praying for all the areas. There's people that I pray for by name that have come to know uh, areas like Croatia and Russia and other places, Venezuela, where we have um, interaction where I want to ask God to bring uh, revival, protection to missionaries in, in Mexico. So many things. I want all the conspiracy, um, you know, guys to understand something that um, all of the talk about what's going on and all of the dismantling and government and all the physical warfare is all because of a spiritual battle behind the scenes. If you miss that, you will not understand it all. You will not in any way experience, you know, the victory that is in Christ. And He wants you to know it. He wants you to know His presence and power. If you're demonized or have been, or you're worried that you are, or worried about your family, or worried about Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the conqueror of the entire structure of the demonic, the demons, save himself, and by his blood, the blood of the Lamb is. And what is done the cross? You turn to Christ, receive him, ask Jesus to deliver you. Okay, one story takes three minutes. And I think this will be helpful for some before we go to 16 points. We start When I got saved, coming out of occultism, coming out of Buddhism, coming out of New Ages and so forth, I, um, I, nobody told me, but I, I renounced everything. I, I burned everything. I took every, everything that I could think of. Uh, at that time, when I got saved and really filled with the Cornelius experience in the book of Acts, clothed with the power of the Spirit of God, I was already out, God was leading me. I didn't even know, I just helping others come to Christ, getting saved. But I came home from a Bible study one time. And uh, coming home from that Bible study, I, I, uh, it was great, joy of the Lord, Bible study, prayer. And I came in by myself. No one else home, back down to that basement bedroom where I used to have all the demon pictures and drugs, and, and, and do my astral 
And so I walked down to the one that night, like nobody else around. Come over to the uh, couch area to lay down. And all of a sudden, I'm just going to tell you subjective. I felt as if a hooked beam had come into the room. I could feel such cold, such evil, but by the actual presence, I actually got up and looked in the direction that I felt coming. It was as if it was coming across the room towards me. It was angry. I could feel it coming closer and closer. As a brand new believer, joy the Lord saved, the Spirit got filled, um, and I just, um, all I, did I know anything about authority yet? No. Did I know anything about what to do? No. What I know now is, I would have stood up and said, get out of here in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no place here whatsoever. And I would probably have said, Spirit of God, give me insight. What else do I need to see, do, or why is this here? And continue till there was a clearing of the air. As a new believer, the only thing to do was I lay on the couch, buried my face in the corner of the couch, and I'm saying, Jesus, help me, Jesus, do it, something's here. And I just began to pray that way, um, desperately in a sense, but turning to Jesus. Next thing that happened, I woke up in the morning. I woke up in the morning, instantly remembering last night, smiling because I went to bed in total peace, woke up, the room was like, God was all over it, and um, Jesus delivered me. There's times you just gotta, you know, I don't care how much of an expert you become in spiritual warfare, you calling out to, to Jesus to deliver you, you counting on Psalm 91, you say, Lord Jesus, come here, and don't ask him to do what he tells you you should be doing. But don't ever, don't ever think you cannot just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, I call him, you know. Whence comes your help? This is the king, this is the savior, this is the deliverer, this is the conqueror. They fear him. They fear him, they shudder. Hell shudders at Christ. And all the Satanists that really know demons, all those who really have them know this, even those who have masqueraded spirit beings and spirit, you know, animal guides and all that, when all of a sudden the real believer begins to Bring out the name of, you know, they know inside, don't say that. They don't want you to say anything. They want you to get out of here. Or they want to get out of here. The demon wants to get the demonized person away from you. I've had people run, and then all of a sudden pray, stop in the name of Jesus. And the demon stops, and they stop. And I ask the person, come back, let's do this. Demons can get people to do things unless they're engaged in some way. Commanded in order. Remember Luke's Gospel 10 is your foundation. Now I want to bring you the last um, about 15 minutes or so here. Um, classifications, manifestations of demonic presence um, that I think is going to be off the charts in 2014. Uh, more than you've seen in the last 30 years, I think will be seen in 2014. And the reasons are, there are so many hundreds of millions of new agents. The globe is now saturated with ritual sites and uh, convergences and gatherings and people taking ayahuasca, people seeking the entities, summoning the entities in the skies, the alien uh, deception there, the masquerade in the skies by the tens of millions worldwide. 
the hundreds of millions of the new age with the crystals and all the rest of it. Then you've got the underground Satanism, which most don't know about. This is the Ezekiel chapter 8 issue. Good believers, good pastors, good theologians, like Ezekiel, a good prophet, he did not know that in his city, underground, masqueraded by acting like elders of Israel during the day, underground, these people were the priests. There was detestable uh, blood sacrifice, satanic worship, down deep. You read Ezekiel and you'll see that. Now that's why I'm going to report to you, because that's been where we have been led to almost 30 years to go after that more than ever now, because here's what I think I feel God's going to give. More uncontested evidences, uh, just like he did in Ezekiel, all the way to the faces of the perpetrators, with a message about that what they're doing is horrific and detestable and, and so forth. So with the agenda worldwide, there is no new age, or there is no new world order, or there is no satanic regime, there is no development without the whole regime being demonized. So what we're talking about coming is the most demonized, demon-possessed, demon-piggybacked system in human history, which means over time they've had to, to, to suffer the is as it's preparing for its apocalypse to the rest of the world. Number one, here's 16 things. Number one, oppression, the idea of oppression, but oppression. I mean, there's people in the psych wards and, and places all over. It's spiritual oppression. They're depressed and sad and they, they don't even know what they're feeling. They don't know how to feel. They just want drugs to make them feel better. But they gotta get rid of the demonic and, and or the reasons why the demons are there. Oppression is gonna keep building um, among many and children. Number two, kids will be showing up more and more. Not just the indigo kids, star children, but kids will be showing up more and more with supernatural abilities. Parents of the new age and parents of the occultism will claim that they are you know, hybrid children or, or uh, super children, but it's familiar spirits uh, that have been uh, commingled in the, um, in, the, in the conception, in the womb, and, uh, and the kids have been nurtured and moved that direction to have uh, abilities. So more and more kids, supernatural abilities coming from dark spirits. And number three, more masters, priests, Wizards, maguses, sorcerers, etc. Um, than ever. The growing numbers of shamans and priests and leaders uh, in the development. You and I better understand something. And pastors, scholars, and theologians need to know this. What has developed in the last 50 years, and specifically the last 30 years, hasn't gone away, but has laid the groundwork for those who began, began to be practitioners in the 90s. They are now, you know, 23 years later, becoming the masters, the priests, the magnuses, the ones that have a lot of power. That's true in satanic circles of popular Satanism, traditional, non-traditional Satanism. Some who were the experiencers in the beginning are now, um, you know, leading covenants and summoning powers. And they become very versed 
in the arcade. They become very versed in the underground, dark, left-hand path stuff. Number four. You're going to see more of the dark powers in your face. Like the story from the game. You're going to see more of the dark powers using people, possessed voices. Cops are going to see it. Um, Sites are going to see it. Doctors are going to see it. Teachers are going to see it all across the board. Uh, teenagers will see it in their friends left and right. More and more and more in your face. Demon- I mean, demons are going to speak. Demons are going to do things. People are going to show powers. Number five, more sleep paralysis. Nighttime visitations by the tens of thousands upon thousands. Worldwide, probably millions. Some still don't even know what to think of it. Visitation by spirits trying to bring interaction, trying to find a doorway. You've got to understand they've come so, uh, they've hoarded close to the veil they come across. They, they want so badly. There's a massive agenda on a global scale. Revelation 12. Um, unfolding. None of this occurs without them being here. Number six, cloaked rituals. Like in the uh, Grammys, like in the uh, Super Bowl, like in the enthronement ones. I mean, they're just going to be cloaked and they're going to be, um, you know, in stores and, and every place else. Kind of like you see a little bit of it and, and, and forget the photoshopping and all the other stuff. We need to look only at what's really real and, and, and bring out. Vigilant Citizen does a great job of that. Uh, .com. Cloaked rituals in the music and in other industries and even in industry. Number seven, public rituals. Oklahoma, is it going on there? Public rituals, Wiccans, pagans, others will do things more and more and more. South Korea, a public mix of deities, number eight. Politicians that may begin to call on other deities or join other deities. You gotta understand, there are now politicians who are wicked, pagan, Satanists, New Agers, and the rest. Number nine, underground infiltration of churches, military, political, design, by design is gonna continue. Number ten, underground rituals, I believe 500 million in the last 30, 40, 50 years, will will grow now because more know how to do it. Millions more know how to do these rituals. Uh, than, than 40, 50 years ago. So more rituals are going to get done than ever. Number 11, major exposure of the underground. Major exposure of this because there's going to be so much of it. And because I believe Ezekiel chapter 8, Ezekiel chapter 13 shows that God brings exposure. Number 12, unprecedented communication of mass spirits. More clear messages featuring the promise of the evolution of Godhood and the agenda of a new golden day. More of that's going to come out. And be it, I mean, YouTube's going to be filled with it. Facebook will be filled with it. Social media is filled with occultism and left-hand path and, and dark spirit and masquerading stuff. Real powers at, uh, at work. A lot of demonization connected to the web will be more and more evident. Number 13. The Devil's Do, the movie's coming out. Coming, someone told me, I didn't get to see it, they told me the end of the television program called Coming, where they had blood rituals, people's heads cut off, and powers, and killing one another with powers. At the end of, this, at the, end of the actual television movie, I was told today that um, one of the actual people in the television, they're actual witches, and they're inviting people to come down. 
to experience is a danger. And so more and more recruiting, whether it's in South Korea or Wiccan or more and more recruiting stuff. Television, music, gaming, number 14, criminalistics needs to understand. Really needs to understand that more and more and more crime is like the, the man in Florida that was eating the face off the other man and the officer had to shoot him and shoot him and shoot him to stop him because the see the demonic empowering was so deep and well the man just growled and just you know just feasted on the blood and destruction of another human being. That's the nature of the dark side. Number 15. More cases of satanic ritual abuse. Right now there's more books, more movies. Not one fourth of what's coming out is true. But second and third generation and even first generation 12 year olds are gonna come out like crazy. They're gonna be disciples in places and schools. Weird things are gonna happen in grade schools where kids, you know, fall to the ground and their uh, Susie is gonna come out and be Johnny and uh, se- separate personalities and their abilities to do rituals and harm others and use them. 15, there's going to be more cases of satanic ritual abuse because more and more victims have come out. Number 16, more workers than ever in the area of deliverance, which is a good, good news. Not enough, but more and more. And so we pray today as a believer in Christ to become strong, powerful in prayer, powerful in witness, powerful in spiritual warfare, and um, really commit to the example of Philip in Acts chapter. Eight. That's the story. Back quickly to Ezekiel chapter 13. Towards the end. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign One says, I'm against your magic charms with which you ensnare people like birds. They, um, they're hunting souls to ensnare them by rituals, by demons, by blood rituals, binding them. God says, I will tear them from your arms. He's going to bring deliverance. God was caring about deliverance from those who had subjected people to dark powers. This is a great story in, in, in Ezekiel 20, uh, 13, 20, 21. God's going to come tearing uh, the victims of um, the dark side where they've been in bondage and snared the, the hundreds of souls. God's going to set them free in Christ. God says in verse 20, I will set free the people that you ensnare like birds. God has power to bring tremendous, and the picture is God going to rip them out of the dark side and set them free. Let's pray for tens of thousands to come to Christ. 21, verse 21, I will tear off your veils. Exposure. I will tear off your veils and save my people from your hands. They will no longer fall prey to your power. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Take a look at verses 20 and 21, Ezekiel chapter 13. And I tell you what, you stand, you know that when God speaks here, and you stand to become powerful and be used by God as he uses you to tear out the hands of darkness victims and bring them to Christ.